Psalm 86, a David prayer. Incline your ear, Lord, answer me, for lowly and needy am I. Guard my life, for I am faithful. Rescue your servant who trusts in you, you, my God. Grant grace to me, Master, for you I call all day long. Gladden your servant, for you, O Master, I lift my, up my being. For you, O Master, are good and forgiving, abounding in kindness to all who call on you. Hearken, O Lord, to my prayer, and listen to the sound of my pleas. When I am in the straits, I call you, for you will answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Master, and nothing like your acts. All the nations you made will come and bow before you, Master, and will honor your name. For you are great and work wonders. You alone are God. Teach me, O Lord, your way. I would walk in your truth. Make my heart one to fear your name. Let me acclaim you, O Master, my God, with all my heart. And let me honor your name forever, for your kindness to me is great, and you saved me from the nethermost Sheol. O God, the arrogant rose against me, and a band of the violent sought my life and did not set you before them. But you, Master, are a merciful, gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast kindness. Turn to me and grant me grace. Give, me, give your strength to your servant and rescue your handmaiden son. Show me a sign for good that those who hate me shall see and be shamed. For you, Lord, have helped me and consoled me. So sometimes I read a psalm and I think um, as I'm reading it, I wonder what sort of psalm this is going to turn out to be. And um, I sometimes think, oh, I wonder if this is an acrostic psalm, which is the sort of psalm where the first line of each, or the first letter of each line is um, the next letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And uh, the nice thing about, uh, well, the sort of maybe frustrating thing about reading it in English is that you can never um, actually pick that up. You look at it and you're, you, the word in English obviously does not start with the same letter as the word in, in Hebrew. And, you know, the English alphabet is not the same as the Hebrew alphabet, although they're closely, closely related. At any rate, um, as I was reading this psalm, I thought, oh, what is this? This is a, an acrostic. Um, why does it seem like it's filling in um, sort of the standard tropes that you've started to see as you read the psalms? And um, Robert Alter's um, commentary on this psalm uh, says, the poem begins with a formula of the psalms of supplication, and this psalm is highly formulaic from beginning to end. The reader has been going through the book of psalms in sequence by this point will have encountered almost every line of this poem with minor variations elsewhere. And that was certainly my sense as I was reading it. I didn't catch that it had um, been pretty much entirely formulaic. Uh, but it felt formulaic, and it felt like there were lines that were added just to fit um, some arbitrary, well, not completely arbitrary, but a pattern like an acrostic. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's actually the case. It's just a very, very formulaic poem um, with lines that, uh, if you've been listening or reading the Psalms, you've heard many, many times. 
Um, now there is one other comment that I thought was uh, interesting here. Um, uh, the line that says, give your strength to your servant and rescue your handmaiden's son. And it seems like an odd phrasing, your handmaiden's son. And it turns out the reason is um, in Hebrew, in Hebrew poetry, they often want to make parallel lines. And uh, so you would say it one way and then you'd say it again. So you might say, uh, so in this case, give your strength to your servant so that you're saying it once. And then you want to say sort of the same thing, but using different words. And so you say, and rescue your handmaiden's son. That's, that's parallelism because the handmaiden's son would, of course, been a servant himself. Um, the handmaiden would have been a servant, and then the handmaiden's son would also be a servant um, because of the way that uh, ancient cultures operated. So, so I thought that was sort of interesting. But why would we include, or why would um, the Hebrew scribes have faithfully copied down a poem that is very formulaic, that just reuses the same lines that are used all over the Psalms and doesn't add anything new. And I think um, there's something that's sort of odd about that. Uh, but then I was listening to a sermon by, um, no, not a sermon. I was listening to um, a podcast about um, the Mars Hill Church. And if you're not a Christian or if you haven't heard of the Mars Hill Church, uh, we'll just uh, cut to the chase and say that it um, it's sort of a scandalous situation. And uh, the podcast um, from Christianity Today goes into it in great detail. But one of the items that the um, podcast episode I listened to last week um, mentioned was, or maybe it's earlier this week anyway, it mentioned the um, the idea of repeating the same story over and over again, and um, and that that's something that's very common in churches. And uh, the example that um, the podcast gave, which was a totally different uh, pastor, was uh, someone came up to their pastor and said, um, why do you always end every sermon, um, uh, leaves wither, or the grass withers, um, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And the pastor said, uh, that's exactly why. And uh, the point is, you repeat something so that you remember it. Of course, I realize I probably did not um, recite that verse exactly the same way that it was um, it was said, uh, probably because I haven't heard it enough. And that's part of the reason why uh, these things stay is because we repeat them. We use these same words over and over again. We meditate on them. Um, remember Psalm 1, uh, meditate on, on the law day and night. Um, one of the ways to do that is to just sort of repeat it, um, to listen and hear the same words said over and over again until it becomes part of you, until it becomes deep inside of you and, uh, and part of your um, just the way that you think about things. And I believe that's part of the technique that the Psalms are using, not just this Psalm, which uses a lot of tropes, but all the Psalms. We have this idea of, especially in Western culture, looking for novelty, looking for something new, looking for an interesting way of putting things. And um, that may not be helpful to us. It'd be more helpful um, to hear the old, familiar, uh, repeated wisdom um, from the past. So 
even though this is probably not my favorite psalm, um, it has uh, it has a purpose. There's a reason for it, and if we um, if we listen to it over and over again, um, we would get new things out of it, and more importantly, perhaps uh, it would be solidified in our mind and in our recall and in the way that we think about the world. All right. Well, I'll talk to you next time.